Good day, everyone. This is Martha Childress, and welcome to the Natural Choice Network, a local platform and meeting place where sustainable living comes live. Naturalchoice.net and the Natural Choice directories are great vehicles for a conscious community to connect, stay up to date on green resources, natural health, natural food, and mind spirit. And you can also stay connected right here with me every Tuesday at half past noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Well, today I've got Leon McLaughlin, founder of the Clean Water Foundation, with me today to talk about what's going on, the latest about what's going on with the clean water for the Hopi, which we're also working on expanding into the Navajo Reservation because of the issues with the uranium and the arsenic in their drinking water and our ongoing effort to bring clean water to the reservation, which is so, so needed, um, especially now uh, in the midst of this pandemic. And also with me today is Tom Griffin, who is the strategic advisor for the City of Seattle Public Utilities Water Department, as well as strategic advisor for the Clean Water Foundation. So welcome to the show, Leon, and welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you, Martha. Great to be on the show. Very exciting show. Can't wait. Yeah, and Tom, it's so nice to have you. This will be your first time on the show. Uh, yes, likewise. I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you so yeah, much for so, having us. Yeah, Tom, you've had a pretty long relationship with Leon. Why don't you um, give us a, a quick history about um, what you've been doing with him in the past and what you're doing right now to help with the arsenic and uranium problem uh, on the reservation with their drinking water? Well, uh, I have uh, known and, and partnered with Leon for probably the last uh, 10 years. And, you know, our mission of providing uh, potable water for ch- children uh, around the globe uh, has been, uh, you know, a passion of mine. You know, I, I have the fortunate uh, experience to live in Seattle where we have great potable water and one of the most fabulous watersheds in the world. But unfortunately, of the six and a half, seven billion people that we share the planet with, there's a good two billion of them that don't have access to clean water. And my initial association with with Leon was as he was uh, uh, getting some acclaim for his work, uh, he went out to the East Coast to, to present and receive from the American Water Works Association, which is the premier uh, water works group here in the uh, U.S., uh, provided me an opportunity to work with Leon to help him prepare for uh, that presentation. And uh, it just sealed the deal with me. I continue <laughs> to just love Leon's passion and enthusiasm uh, and uh, we both share that same passion, whether it be here locally, uh, there in Arizona on the reservations, or in any of the 32 countries that we've been fortunate enough to provide uh, water purification systems. Well, and I know, Leon, it's been really wonderful for you to have a water expert uh, advising you. You want to talk about how important that's been, especially with designing filters, because you do them specifically for each need, which I think is really, really amazing. Instead of just bringing, you know, clean water bottles, uh, which just adds to so much environmental waste, um, you actually strategically design these filters, I think, with Tom's help. Is that is that right? Just to make sure you meet the exact needs and clean the water uh, right on site um, and without needing power um, or leaving any waste. 
Yes, it, it was it was awesome to develop these solar water units, like you said, where you don't need electricity because electricity is so expensive, especially when you're looking into um, a lot of different countries and even here. So for us to develop a um, solar water system and to have the expertise of people like Tom from the city of Seattle – um, who was with me from day one when we were first developing these solar water units was it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and and Tom, just to give some um, kind of point of reference, since you know what we're dealing with on the reservation, uh, especially with the uranium, um, just to give uh, just to have some sense of um, comparison. Just how high are the levels and how dangerous is what's going on there on the reservation? Uh, quite frankly, uh, any arsenic or uranium is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and, and the basically, these are byproducts of mining that the, that we have allowed to take place. The U.S. government has supported to take place on the reservations, which have, in effect, uh, compromised the aquifers. Uh, again, yeah. my thinking is any amount of arsenic or uranium in the water is unacceptable. But if you look at uh, guidelines, uh, we are well above what is acceptable. And the the consequences of this uh, are, it's hard to imagine. Again, you, you think yeah. of the water it's not just what you drink. So you think of birth defects, you think of developmental uh, issues with uh, young people and uh, the growing mind, but it's also what they feed their cattle, which they in turn eat, and what they use for agriculture to grow uh, any farming. So it it becomes something that, as a baseline uh, that that everyone is impacted. And and the fortunate uh, piece of, of the work that we've been able to develop through these water purification systems is to develop filtration that allows us to effectively uh, eliminate uh, the arsenic and uranium in the water uh, so that, so that these, these communities can thrive. Yeah, because when it's systemic like that, too, and it's been going on for decades, I know, on the reservations, it not only affects your physical health, it affects your mental health and your ability to learn. And, you know, we know how important education and all those things are for getting a leg up in these communities, which have been suffering so much anyway. And it's interesting how much mining and oil refineries are actually on reservations. And I know they went to a lot of these reservations and, you know, acted like they were in their best interest that they were going to get income from these things. And, you know, the consequences have been absolutely dire. And now they're kind of stuck in this catch 22 where it's basically kind of wiping the killing. I mean, making them sick and, you know, wiping them out to a certain degree. But then they're also dependent on the income. So, Anything we could do to get them uh, accessible to this clean water and as soon as possible while uh, they start to deal with, you know, changing some of the other issues, which are going to be a lot, a lot more difficult to unravel. Uh, at least we can get them clean water now 
And uh, Liam, why don't you give us a status of what's happening on the reservation at the moment? Because I know uh, when we started this, um, there was quite a quite a bit of um, a big surge. I think there's several uh, solar units, and a lot of the households individually have water units. Um, yes. Um, when we took a water sample and found out that a part of the area had arsenic um, and other contaminants um, in the water, and then it was another part of the area with uranium and arsenic, but now the whole area is contaminated with uranium and arsenic. And yeah, so we're like putting um, these home machines in um, for um, every home for the Hopi and Navajo to have uranium and arsenic filters um, in their houses so they will no longer have to drink this contaminated water. Not only that, imagine now we got the coronavirus. So now you're drinking contaminated water along with the coronavirus on top of that. It's like almost like genocide. So I'm glad that we got manufacturers now that's going to work with us. When we talked to them a few weeks ago to say, okay, let's get the latest water samples. And they want to get involved to develop stronger filters and to make sure that um, we can solve the problem of what they're going through with this arsenic and uranium plus 100 other contaminants. So I'm glad we got the manufacturers involved now where before it was basically like, well, this is all we got and nothing else we can do. But now we actually got them to join us to um, come up with stronger filters. And we're waiting on those water samples. And once we do that, we're going back to the drawing board to make sure we can get them the best filters for the situation that they're in. Yeah, and they're not getting any help from anyone else. Um, Basically, uh, they every attempt that they've made uh, legally and otherwise, um, it's really not gotten them anywhere. And that what was presented to them was like a $22 million, uh, had $22 million price tag on it from the EPA to take care of this problem, uh, to actually kind of fix the wells. But I don't know if you can even, if the well water, even if they go deeper, I don't, I don't know how that's even going to necessarily help the problem. Um, but they're really dependent um, on donations and, you know, fundraising events like what we've been trying to do. And so we talked about uh, what some of the things that um, are in the works and planning to to make it make donating fun. <laughs> Actually, um, we've we've been working with um, the um, Sparkman Sellers Winery. We're putting a deal together with them out in Washington to um, either we'll do a virtual fundraiser or a live fundraiser because it depends on the phases that we go into. But they are so excited. They are so excited to join us um, to say, okay, um, let us have a fundraiser here at the Sparkman Sellers Winery. We're working on that um, to try to either we'll do it virtually or have an actual concert to raise funds. We also got individual um, folks that um, is joining us also to say, let's get donations going. And if anybody would like to donate, you can go to www.cleanwaterfoundationwa.org for donation for these water 
and also help on the fundraisers or anything to help them. Not only that, you know, they now need masks, gloves, um, all the PPE. Yeah. So if we could put it all together, food, um, you know, it would be great. Yeah, and uh, we're hoping to have, I, I guess Ted, he hasn't called in yet, but uh, uh, Ted Marr with Out of This World Radio has been doing a fantastic job uh, bringing awareness and raising money, not only for the clean water, but also uh, for their more immediate need to get food and cleaning supplies to the reservation because their outbreak is uh, is kicking up. And if you want to specifically donate to that, you can go to outofthisworld1150.com. And also you can, we're going to try and put up a banner or get some sort of a, a, you know, an individual funding just specifically for that too. Because like you say, right now with the coronavirus, everyone's health is already compromised and they say it hits the people that's health is compromised in the first place. And so like you say, it's just a perfect storm. So we really do have an immediate need and we have not been able to do the fundraisers that we've been doing in the past since the epidemic. So you know, please go to Clean Water Foundation, uh, cleanwateroflwashington.org.com, um, or you can also just go to naturalchoice.net. And on the banner page, there's a, a little, you can just click and it'll just take you right to their donation page link at the Clean Water uh, site as well. Um, so, Tom, uh, I know that there's also um, sometimes there's naturally occurring arsenic in some wells and that sort of thing, too. So and I say, you know, you mentioned too how many people in Washington kind of take for granted how, how much, you know, how plentiful water is. And so I think it's really, really important, especially, you know, for those of us that are so, so fortunate. Uh, to kind of understand the, the difference and how important it is to get to get clean water and that we're talking, you know, this is not any kind of arsenic because I know even this community we're in, every once in a while they'll say there's a, a naturally occurring level of arsenic and it's still well below, but they still, you know, it, it's still pretty scary. Um, and then they do what they can to kind of curtail that. But do you want to just emphasize the importance and, and what a difference it is in different parts of the country as it is in Seattle? Uh, well, uh, again, if I look at what the Environmental Protection Agency has set as acceptable uh, arsenic levels, because as you point out, uh, uh, you're going to have uh, naturally occurring uh, chemicals uh, in uh, the, the aquifers or the water uh, sheds. But, uh, you know, the, the EPA had said at 0.5 parts per billion, and they dropped that uh, in, in 2001 to 0.1 part per billion. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, or fortunately here for us in the Northwest, the beautiful uh, Washington, I mean, we've got just spectacular water. It doesn't even require treatment. All we have to do is filter. And again, mm-hmm. this is very unusual. But in places where you've had uh, the mining, uh, which is, it uses and, and uh, oil exploration, as you pointed out earlier, these these numbers are simply uh, are out of out of whack. Uh, both for uh, again arsenic and uranium. Uh, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, from my perspective, I'm going to drink something. Any amount is unacceptable. But yeah. what we're seeing uh, in the reservations there are are numbers that are way out of 
uh, compliance. But fortunately, there is a solution. And the solution is relatively cost efficient uh, through the purification systems and in particular, the unique filters. And typically where we've gone around the world, we're able to put in a, a, a purification system and we will actually test the source water whether it be a swamp or, you know, a, a septic, you, you, you know, basically any supply, okay, and provide okay. that That's water sample have. with the filter manufacturers who can design a filter that typically re- requires replacement once a year. So the, there's a cost associated with the filtration or purification system itself and then the filters. Uh, what we found with uh, arsenic and uranium, they require a heavier-duty filter that requires more frequent replacement, which, again, you know, here in many parts of the U.S., uh, there is we have no issues. But, again, around the world, uh, there is significant uh, known carcinogens and other contaminants that uh, impact uh, everything like we were discussed about your ability to think the mind, as the mind grows, particularly in young people, uh, creates catastrophic birth defects, um, and unfortunately attacks the predominantly those uh, brown and black people, people of color, and marginalized communities. Yeah, uh, yeah, the ones that need the you know the, a leg up, you know, even more. You know, they're not necessarily getting the nutrition in their food either. So. I mean, if we really, you know, want to try and level things up and, you know, be non-discriminatory, I think, you know, providing clean water to everybody is probably one of the best first steps. Well, history has shown that those that uh, those civilizations that did not uh, manage to maintain a, a safe and healthy supply of potable water have failed. And we're okay. seeing that with, again, well over 2 billion people that we share the planet with. Yeah. Well, and it's also um, just amazing, Leon, what you were able to come up with just for the Hopi Reservation when the EPA said it would be 22 million. Uh, we pretty much got, um, could have that covered for like $30,000, $35,000. So if you want 100% of your dollar to go straight to water units or filters, um, the Clean Water Foundation is the way to do it. It's all volunteer. Every cent goes into, as I say, you know, the, the purchasing and delivering of those water units. And they're on the reservation. We have um, Ernest Tahoe there delivering them personally and setting them up in homes. So this is a total grassroots effort. Um, no bells or whistles or office space or anything. 100% of your money is making 100% difference for these people. And Leon, just to give um, them an idea of how it just incredibly, um, you know, uh, I mean, how how much these actually produce, how much fresh water comes out of these systems. I mean, it's it's like a gallon a, mi- a minute or something. It's And it's, as I say, no water bottles. So you want to talk about the efficiency of that and the abundance that comes from these water systems? Yes. The good part is that we got systems that can do um, a gallon a minute. We also have solar systems that we're working with that can do um, 720 gallons of water an hour. 
and it's solar, yeah. and you don't have yeah. to change the filters to after 500,000 gallons has been used. And like Tom said, we're developing the new filters that would be um, once a year before you um, change them. But not only will it get out the uranium and arsenic, it got out. It gets out a hundred other contaminants also, yeah. the lead, the yeah. mercury. I mean, can you imagine that one time they had the, the, the purest water in the world and through these mining companies, it's got to end up being the worst water in the world. Um, so yeah. we're now developing um, heavy-dutier filters that's going to last a lot longer. Um, the filters we got now, you basically, and we're going to put them in every home there. We already have over 100 units there now. And I think so far is between the Hopi and Navajo tribe, it's about 10,000 people that need water in their home. But we're looking at going through the whole reservation, um, making sure that they all have um, the water. At least access, Plus, yeah. With our solar systems, we'll have mobile water units like water stores that we'll be setting up. Yeah. As I say, and it is so vital right now. So, um, you know, we really invite and urge anyone to, you know, to donate to go to net just on the banner page there. Um, so, Leon, in just a couple of minutes, do you want to, um, or you have a couple of minutes to just give some closing thoughts and to, you know, give your website again and let people know uh, about some of the upcoming things and where to find them? Yes. If you go to www.cleanwaterfoundationwa.org, you can make a donation and it's a tax write-off. We need all the people we can to join us on this mission to bring clean, fresh drinking water to the Hopi and Navajo tribes. And um, we're also doing fundraisers, like I said, virtual. So if there's anyone out there that want to join us on that and can help us on that, we need all the help we can get. Yeah, and we're talking about performers. I know the fundraisers we did before were so much fun because we had like Cirque du Soleil type performers. We had art. We had music. We had dance. Um, we call them happenings. <laughs> so just That's a right. great and way to bring people together. Concerts that we call flow concerts, which yep. is for the love of water. Let it flow. It and flow. we're hoping to get some more T-shirts made and making those available. Um, as I say, everything kind of got postponed and uh, delayed with this shutdown. So we really, we we're really behind the gun, guys. So if there's anything you can do to help and help get some of these fundraisers going if you want to volunteer as i say um leon who should they call you want to just give your email address too um yes the um email address is clean water foundation info at cleanwaterfoundation.org or you can email me personally at leon mclaughlin 199 at gmail and you can also call me too we need all the help we can get yeah, and I know there's some great music acts out there. Anybody who has a talent that they want to share and be able to, you know, help raise some money if we have, uh, whether it's virtual or live or a combination of both, um, if we, you know, or want to donate some items for an auction, every little bit helps, every bit counts. So, Tom, what do you want to leave us with? Well, Martha, let me first begin by, by thanking you so much for, for hosting us and giving us an opportunity just to share some of the really exciting technology that's out there uh, and the great humanitarian efforts that have been made by so many people. I don't want to 
negate for a moment all of the, the help and support that we've received to date. But the need continues to be huge. And yeah. I think often people, when they think about uh, clean water, they, they don't recognize that here, right in the U.S., we have people that are unable uh, to turn on the tap and get clean, safe, portable water, which is essential for life. Yeah. Um, I think uh, what my, my thoughts would be for anybody out there that is, is interested in helping not only those of, of us here and focusing on the, uh, the folks there in Arizona, but across the globe, for anybody that's that truly cares about uh, our our humanity, it is essential. We have to have clean, accessible, potable water. And I would encourage uh, anyone to to learn more and join us. We have probably got one of the most cost efficient. Yeah, uh, has the least uh, carbon footprint. Uh, the machines, the water purification systems that we've developed uh, are designed for people to, to install and maintain with a minimal amount of education. It's not a major facility that requires advanced degrees in chemistry yeah. and so biology. Simple. And uh, they're, they're quite frankly, they're amazing. And uh, I'm just grateful for, for all the listeners out there and would encourage anybody that wants to learn more, please visit our, our website, Clean Water Foundation. Uh, if you can help, if you'd like to join us, if you can help us with fundraising, anything would be uh, extremely uh, appreciated. Uh, this, is, this is work, as you pointed out earlier. We're not in this to, to make money. We're in this to enhance uh, all of God's children that we share the globe with. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very well put. Well, thank you so much, Leon and Tom, for joining us today and for all of our listening audience for choosing to join in too. As you know, our choices create our experiences and our experiences create our community. So thank you for making the natural choice.